it's hard to hard to tell your wife like, hey, we uh we got to take some money out of our personal account to uh, cover the business expense. And she's like, I thought we were, I thought we were good. And I was like, ah, not this month. Welcome back to another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. My name is Ryan, and I am your host. And this episode is brought to you by none other than Skid Steer Nation. With spring fast approaching, that means you're going to have tore up driveways, roads, debris, trees down, whatever situations you run across. If you need attachments for that work, visit skidsteernation.com. We are an online supplier of American-made manufactured attachments. And these manufacturers, we have interviewed them, we have vetted them, we make sure that their quality meet your expectations. And these guys take a lot of pride in the products they produce. So jump on over to skidsteernation.com and check out our available line of attachments. All right. Today's episode, we have actually a friend of mine. His name is Mason Rickner. He's based out in Chandler, Oklahoma. He and his father own a company called K&M Excavation and Septic. And I am excited to have this conversation. He has seen major growth over the last few years. And like any other business, that growth just presents new problems. So we're going to dig into those today, find out what solutions he came up along the way and where he's heading into the future. Mason, welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time out of a busy Monday. You said you had a yes, sir. two septic systems going in today. Yep, yep. We're uh, hopefully rolling off on a good foot. Uh, we've got, like I said, 15 going in this month. So the two two today, they're... Obviously, they have to start off being rough. So That's it's always fantastic. Monday before ten o'clock when you get all your problems. So <laughs> it, you, I can attest to that. My Monday morning has been a little bit choppy as well. So it's you, yeah. you spend Sunday night planning out your week. You, you know, you hit the ground running, and then you just get diverted with emails and phone yeah, calls. The, the plans never seem to stick to it. So yeah, I think Mike Tyson always said it best: everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So, uh, yeah, you guys have seen some crazy growth. When when did you and your dad exactly start K&M? Uh, we started in 2019, February 2019. So, Were you doing it full-time at that point, or was it a side project? Side project. Side so, project. We, we just started with uh, with a dump trailer. We didn't even have a, a skid steer. We, we were renting for a while. Um. Uh, and I, I, did, I had no idea what I was. I've never been around the industry at all. Just, you know, one of those things you see it on TikTok. Everybody's trying to get a, a side hustle. And uh, we got, we actually took the, took the, took the bait and bought the duck trailer and took off from there. So, so at the beginning, you were just hauling material for other contractors, customers, or what was your, yeah, we just, we had a neighbor that did uh, cabinets and uh, he, he had a lot of them he was tearing out. So we, Started doing the the tear outs with him and uh, found out that gravel was paying a lot more than uh, than the cabinets were, and I didn't have to go load the trailer myself. So got into the gravel and kind of went away from there. And then what was the progression from hauling gravel to spreading and leveling and making roads? Uh, we uh, we bought our first skid steer probably three months after the uh, the the uh, dump trailer. Uh, just a little Kubota 65. We kept it probably six months. Uh, did driveways. We had a do more grader. Uh, probably did three or four driveways a month and, you know, just five ton loads of gravel. And uh, at some point, we we just 
got to the point where, you know, every time somebody called for something, it was like, okay, this, this makes a little bit more money. Let's, let's start doing this. So we got into the brush clearing and then we were like, well, we need a bigger skid steer. So, you know, you get into a bigger skid steer and we just, we chased the money. Yeah. And how did that, how did that work for you? Like chasing the money? It's, it's worked pretty good. It's, it's definitely got us in, you know, we, we, uh, we've got, we got into the mulching, uh, cause some guy, I, I didn't know how much to charge on mulching. I knew it was going to be like a thousand bucks a day to rent, uh, rent a mulcher from cat. And, uh, he asked if we could do it. And I was like, man, I'll do it for 2000 a day. And he was like, Oh yeah, let's go. So at that point that was like, so let's sell the 65. Let's get a bigger skid steer. And let's get a mulcher because if he's going to say yes to two thousand, like <laughs> I think I can make it work. So I can make it work. And you have enough yeah. property out in Oklahoma area that that land clearing wasn't saturated. There was enough customers in your market. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's there's guys everywhere now, um, and it's it's kind of funny because there there's so many of them that have that have jumped off and done it, um, but there's so few that do quality work that talk to their clients and actually, you know, are running a business. Um, there's, there's a lot of guys that have skid steers with mulchers, but there's not a lot of guys that, uh, have taken that next step to, to really do the full project and, or even know what they're doing. I know there's, there's one company that we follow around that they just drive over it like a brush hog. They don't back drag or anything. And, uh, I don't know. They haven't figured it out yet. Cause we keep following, follow, we followed them for like six months, just doing their fine finish work for mulching. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> what, so when did you make the jump from part-time to full-time? Uh, we, so we, uh, I was, as soon as, you know, we, we saw the work, you know, after I got kind of the, the policy I go by is like, if I can replace what I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump into it. Uh, we were, we were making pretty good money. Um, but this last year is probably when we really took it to kind of a full-time thing. Uh, is, I mean, the lot the first year we didn't make any money and really the second year we didn't make any money. And until we got kind of our overhead and finally started to get, you know, get our, uh, our profit and loss. And, you know, that's when we, once we got all of it squared away, I was like, Oh, I, I actually am making money. Okay. So now I can pay myself. And once we got the procedures in, that's when I took it, you know, before that, we were just kind of doing jobs and how much is in the account. Okay, we can buy this. But, you know, until you get that that uh, organization and those processes in place, I, uh, that's when we finally did it. We, when we got everything squared away, organized. And Was there a moment that the pain of not knowing that data forced you to dig into it? Yeah, um, probably the worst feeling I'd had, we, we just bought. Bought, uh, we bought a 309 excavator. We we paid like 130,000 for it, and I got the first payment. I thought I had 10,000 in the bank. Uh, you know, it, it just been a busy month. We've been doing jobs all over the place. Took delivery. Was still busy all the month. Thought I had 10,000 in the bank, and uh, first payment pools, and we were down to like 1,500 bucks. And I had 2,000 in the bank, and uh, so that was. So literally within that day, I was like, I got to start over. So we we turned around, we ended up selling that, that 309 for 150. So we made 20 grand. And I was like, I am not dropping below 30,000 at emergency count. Like this is, 
we we immediately we went to uh, QuickBooks. We got our we got everything organized because I was like, I I can't run out of money like that again. It was how, how painful did that experience feel in the moment? Like having to go backwards. Oh, it it it's a gut check because uh, you're you think that you're you're uh, invincible until until the bank account runs dry, for sure. But uh, yeah, and it's hard to hard to tell your wife like, hey, we uh, we got to take some money out of our personal account to uh, cover the business expense. And she's like, I thought we were, I thought we were good. I was like, ah, not this month. Not this month. So, and then what did, what did you see as a benefit? Like, do you have a better line of sight on all your projects, your incoming expenses, your outgoing cash? Are you planning yeah. more strategically? Yeah. So the, the biggest things, the things that don't make money, we we've cut off like gravel. We, we bought that dump truck. Um, uh, just a single axle and we've cut off all gravel because it it's, it's gotten to the point where I can call the quarry and I can deliver for the same price subcontracting as the guys that are running dump trucks. Uh, and we've, we've cut off and we've cut off uh, just small jobs, little, you know, little here or there, anything under basically $1,500 we don't mess with because it's just at, at this point, our costs are so much that, it's not worth leaving the house, but yeah. I wouldn't have known, you know, I wouldn't have known that cost. We were, we were trying to fit a day in where we do maybe a $400 job. And, uh, I didn't realize that I was spending $400 on diesel and, you know, just my overhead for that day. So it's so easy to get caught up in the work. Yeah. You just assume yeah, if sure. I'm working hard, I'm making money. Right. When in reality, if you don't know what your expenses are, you don't know if you're making money or not. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. So that's awesome. And since you've taken that step back to go in and like really get organized on the back end of your business, mm. what what have you seen for growth in your company now? Just in just from January to to now, we've done uh, you know we've profited over thirty thousand, um, and just that's that's just from processes. So so everything that we've done, you know, we're we're paying a lot of money into into inputs on on software and stuff like that. But really, where where it's counting is these jobs. You know, I'm not fly by night giving quotes out. Every quote that we've done in January, February, uh, well, December, every quote that we've done, I know exactly how much that's going to cost, exactly how much time it's going to take. The guesswork's gone. So we're, you know, we're 10 times more efficient. I've got a guy that's working for me that he's, he's really taken off and, uh, you know, having those processes in place, he doesn't have to guess. So he's not, he's not just out on the skid steer doing random things all day. He's got a step-by-step process of what he has to accomplish to make money and to make his paycheck. So he, he follows it pretty close. That's fantastic. I, I always think, you know, I can talk to so many contractors and I even live this myself with businesses that I've owned in the past. You fall into that trap so easy where you just go hustle, 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 bring money in and you have no idea where it's going. And then you get kicked in the nuts. Like we talked about and you got to stop and you feel like you, you feel like you're going backwards. You're like, Oh, and then you got all these months of expenses or months of estimates and you've got to go back through and recalculate this stuff. And then you can finally get line of sight. And then the clarity you have moving forward like the amount of hours you save a week, because right. like you said, you know, your cost, you know, your expenses, you know, exactly where you're going to be at on every job, that little bit of planning for your employee and that structure, that process for him, 
Uh-huh. He's more efficient with his time. And you're like, and, and the, the first thing you think of, I did anyway, was my God, I should have done this six months ago, a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 so important to treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you you said you had 15 septic tanks on the books this month. So I yeah. remember you and I met, I think we met mm, end of 2020, beginning of 2021, somewhere yeah, in that right, time right frame. COVID. Yeah, and you were just doing the gravel driveways and you were doing uh-huh. some, you know, some gravel hauling and that. And I remember when you were talking about buying that 309 because you were between that and a bigger trailer. Yeah. A dump yeah. truck. And I, I was like, Mason, do not buy a dump truck. <laughs> yeah, that was a good advice. <laughs> and like we we spent like an hour discussing the pros and cons of owning a dump truck. If you're yep. not in the trucking business, like if you have 15 yep. of them, that's different. But you wanted one. And I'm like, it's not it's not the right mm-hmm. direction for you. And you doubled down on septic tanks and you really yep. made septics like your core, core service. And um, I mean, when I saw that you were doing 15 this month, I'm like, this is the fruits of the labor. Like mm-hmm. cut out the noise, focus on what you're going to do. Give it a little bit of time, and now you're seeing the benefits of that focus. Yeah, and and what we found is is uh, we you and me have talked about the niche, you know, finding your niche and sticking with it. And and what we've kind of found is I've got the mulcher, but I don't have I have a diamond mulcher. I don't have anything crazy, but it leaves a great finish and does great. Uh, And we we have the mulching available, but we do site prep. So our, our niche right now for these contractors is I can come in, I can clear your trees, I can get your pad ready, you know, I can do your water lines, your footings, and I can put your septic system in and do final grade. Right there, that is our that is our bread and butter. We don't do mulching over 20 acres. You know, we we've partnered with some guys that if we get the job comes in, you know, we we partner with them and they can take care of it. We don't do crazy big mulching jobs, we don't do crazy big dirt work projects. We just do site prep and uh once we figured out we're really good at site prep man it's 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 just it's so much easier because you you know what you're doing every day it's not like you know somebody calls and they need some crazy big pond duck i'm not your guy for ponds but if you need to get a house ready to go or you know drainage something like that i'm I'm there so you're you're the guy so when you built that package for contractors (laughs) home builders and said hey we'll be your start to finish site prep source from yeah. clearing the property to pad preparation, rough grading, final grading, any other utilities in the mix. Were you offering that because you wanted all the work or did you actually stop and look and say, Hey, how can I make their life easier? Right. So that I actually end up getting more work. Well, and and what, I, what I've done to answer that, what I've done is every time I drive by a home builder's site, I call the number on the sign and I say, Hey, what do you need? You know, I'm a, I'm a contractor. We do site prep. We do septics. What do you need on your job? And, uh, you know, most of the time they're like, well, if I could find a, an electrician, that'd be great. But it's like, well, <laughs> we do this. So just listening to what they have to say of, of hey, I've got a uh, pad that needs done. I've got final grade. That I've got trash on the site that I need picked up when you do the septic. You know, just listening to what they need and then answering, you know, going by need if they need it then we, we're going to do it so yeah and and i think to, to break that down like one that's market research what is what does the market need in your area and by you don't know that if you don't talk to your customers right or your potential customers so you're doing that very well 
And then two, it's business is all about minimizing friction. So that home builder, his goal isn't to get the yard graded. It's to get the house finished to be sold. Right. And he wants his least amount of friction from breaking ground to selling. So it's quick, efficient and profitable for him. Mm -hmm. So you as a contractor, that's your opportunity to go, Hey, you're working with six companies, one guy doing the grading, one guy doing the septic, one guy doing the utilities, one guy doing the whole, like, let me remove all that friction for you and be your single source. And you can just take it off your plate. They'll pay more money for that freedom and that time than they will have trying to schedule six contractors per project. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we always talk about it as a Christmas present. This is the best way I can, this is the best way I found to describe this, but like what you offer your service, mm. it's the same as the guy down the street. Do you wrap it in brown paper? So it looks boring and uneventful and forgetful, or do you wrap it in the, in the bright, shiny tinfoil style snowflake? Right. So when they see it, everyone's like, Ooh, look a present. Like yeah. you're not changing the services you do. You're changing the way you present it <clears throat> to your customer mm-hmm. and just change the outside offer. So it looks more appealing less friction, easier for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely helps with, uh, you know, we started doing the hats, the, the, the t-shirts and everything and, and all the logo, you know, the signs at the road and everything. And that, that's really helped, helped them that aspect of the contractor. They, they now have somebody that's there that looks professional, like they're supposed to be there. You know, it's not a guy coming up in a beat up old pickup with a ragged out skid steer. They're, you know, we're coming in, we're being professional, we're being polite. We pick up all our trash. We leave the better we found it. And, you know, one of the, the things that I've gotten, I've gotten more work off of the name on my jacket, you know, having the phone number back there and some guy pulling up and being like, who's doing your dirt work or who's doing your, who is, you know, just from the subdivision work. Another contractor drives by, they see our sign at the road. Then they see our truck with the load. Then they see the skid steer with the load. Then they see our jackets and they're like, man, so we've we've got a lot of work off of that. It, it's you've done a very good job branding your business, um, and it's it's so key because people need so many different touch points mm-hmm. with your business before they're one comfortable doing business with you. And by yeah. you having the signs at the jobs that you're doing, your trucks, your clothing, your website, mm-hmm. your social media page, like you're touching these people in so many areas that it gets to the point they're like god this guy's everywhere this is who i need yeah. to do my work and they don't even know what they don't even know the quality of your work they just know they've seen you everywhere and it, and you can't be everywhere if you don't do a good job yeah we get that all the time that people think that we're we're a lot bigger than we than we are so it's it's worked pretty good yeah branding's a huge thing i think anyone starting up and you and i had these conversations 2 years ago yeah. like yeah. developing your brand your commitment to your customers as far mm-hmm. as answering the phones and your communication and being professional in appearance and conversation, if you can just do those little things, it's so hard not to be successful because so many guys don't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a unique state, in my opinion. So I talk to a lot of contractors that do septic systems and it's like mm-hmm. here in Illinois, it's, you know, Hey, here's a little course, take it. If you pass yeah. it, you can inspect, you can install, but you can basically do everything except for the sewer lines. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma is not like that. No. I mean, you guys had quite the process. I mean, you had yeah, me doing research because I couldn't believe how hard it is. Walk through a little bit, just the high level points of like what it takes to be able to install a septic system in Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's a really backward system. Um, you have to install five systems uh, of each type. 
And then each of those systems has to be inspected by the inspector, jointly inspected. And then to get your license, you actually have to have two more after you pass the test on your own that are still inspected before you can get your license for that individual system. So that's hard when you're a new installer because you're like, oh, how am I going to get five installs? Um, you know, so you're you're really worried about it because you only have a year to do it. And you're like, I, I haven't even done one. And now I've got to do basically seven installs of each system, which we ended up doing. But it, it was just and then you got to get the homeowner to trust you like, no, I'm not licensed, but I'm I'm under an inspector. He has to he has to check off everything I do. So it's it's a not the best way to do it, but it, it's definitely a uh, it's, it's definitely makes you learn your stuff. Yeah, I would but, say that you uh, guys are extremely proficient in the different systems because of yeah, the by the by the time you've had that inspector breathing down your neck and and we've you know we've had to rip out systems completely and do it differently just because we thought it was one way and you know the the pipe was a different number than it was supposed to be and just learning all that you don't get pipe from Home Depot figure that out real quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. So, like, what's your projections this year? Like, I mean, you're so focused on the site prep and the septic system. Do you yeah. say that's ninety percent of your work? Those yeah, things that fall uh, we, in those two realms. We want, we want to be a hundred percent septics. Uh, we want to get into the pumping. We want to get into the maintenance. But there's there's always that you know we're we're not there yet. We're not official with uh, or we're not we're not getting enough work to to just go ahead and leave everything out. Uh, so that's, you know, with the new installs, they don't need to be pumped. They don't need to be inspected. So we haven't got, we haven't broken to the, to that market as much. Um, so that's, you know, to kind of recession proof ourselves, we're, we're trying to push into that market and there's really not a lot of guys that do it around here. There's only two or three and I've tried to buy all their businesses, but <laughs> we haven't, we haven't got that yet. So I don't know. How how easy is it for you to present a five, eight, ten thousand dollars septic system to a customer and then walk them through the process of what it looks like and make them comfortable <clears throat> investing that well, much it's money? Di- it's really difficult around here because two or three years ago, septic systems were forty five hundred to six thousand dollars. And you know, everything's blown up in price and and our average system is between seven thousand to ten thousand. Um, so it's still a lot less than northern states and stuff like that. But uh we are always the highest bidder. I mean, no matter what, we are the highest bidder. And uh, especially with contractors, they're like, well, why am I paying this? Well, I might have a set rate with my contractor. That is, I know it's their minimum cost that they want to spend on the system. But then I'll go to the homeowner and I'll be like, I can put this system in for their price, but here's the things that you're not going to get. And whether that be, you know, extra cleanouts down here, whether it be a filter on the the outlet side of it, whether it be instead of doing Oklahoma, we're not required to do a uh, distribution system. So uh, we don't have to have a uh, di- distribution box. We don't have to have that. We just have T's. So I'm like, I like this a lot better. I'm not required to do it, but for this amount of money, we'll, we'll do a better system. Either way, it's going to work. But nine times out of 10, they're like, go ahead. Go ahead and get it done. I don't want to ever deal with this again. So, you know, especially with something like that, you tell them like, this is going to work, but we can make it better. Yeah. So especially when they see us on Facebook posting, you know, here's the pictures of this and this and this. They're like, I want that. It's like, well, this this comes at a cost of this. Yep. So it's gotten easier. And and definitely the way we talked about 
while back with quoting, you know, this is the price. I'm I'm not gonna because we have contractors that'll they'll say the system's forty five hundred dollars. Well, then they're like, oh, we hit rock. Oh, well, we we did this, and they start tacking on at the end. And I tell them it doesn't matter if I hit rock or a big plate of steel or the bottom of this, you know, whatever whatever we run into, your price might is seven thousand dollars, and then their quote it's it's stacked with. I probably have five pages on quote of just what we're going to do. And laying uh, out and describing what it is that you they're do. like, man, you know, we did, we use jobber now for our quotes. Uh, so I can add pictures into it. This is what it's going to look like. This is every stage is on there. So the quote's a big deal. So it's a huge deal. And it's the one thing that I think it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like we forget yeah, because yeah. we do the work every day that the mm-hmm. people we're talking to have no idea what we do. They just want the finished yeah. product. So we have to do a little bit of education and teach them what we're doing so they're comfortable with our process and our price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was with the septic systems because nobody knows what you're talking about when you're like, okay, you know, so you got some some guy that's never been around it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to use Schedule 40 over here and then I'm going to use Schedule 35 down below. And he's like, I don't really know what that is. But then, you know, we we have a comparison that we do where we run over different pipe with our skid steer. And we're like, this is how strong our pipe is compared to what you could be using. You know, we have those pictures and those videos right in our quote. So when they go down through there, they're like, oh, yeah. So, you know, somebody that's not in the industry, because we can we can use industry jargon all day long. But when they're reading it, they they have no idea what they're talking about. So we, we break it down real simple. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, I. I in one of your podcasts, you talked about letting, I, I can't remember, he said, let it read it. But if your wife or something doesn't understand it, then then I'm going to rewrite it. So we started doing that. I was like, honey, you, do you understand this quote? And she's like, oh, yeah. It's so true, though. Like, like, yeah. You're, yeah, your wife knows what you do, but she doesn't know the details of what you do. So if you yeah. start writing quotes, <laughs> use her as a reference. So, hey, will my customer understand this or not? It's. Yeah, I judge yeah. it. If I can sell to my wife, then I can sell to anybody. So she's <laughs> she's the most critical person. So she's a good tester. That's fantastic, man. That's fantastic. So I remember it was like six months ago or so we you reached out and we talked for a little while. You were mm-hmm. struggling with like the hiring and retaining of employees. Yeah. What was yeah, your problem? Um, what was where were you at when you called me? Like what was not working for you? Let's just kind of get a little it's it's still a struggle. And we're still trying to figure it out. It's 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 a weird situation now because I, I've I've definitely figured out I can make more money if I'm sitting here doing doing everything else. I'm a better salesman than I am an operator. So we hired a guy and and he's he's a good he's a good worker. He does really good. And uh, but the issue that I have is I have an expectation that is my expectation, and oftentimes he doesn't meet that expectation. And I don't really think anybody really will because you're. You know, you're off yourself critical. But, you know, we talked about trying to sit down with him, do those morning meetings, uh, you know, just clarifying everything. We started doing the job forms like step by step. Just yesterday, he took back a D5 dozer to cat and didn't didn't fill it back up. So there's 650 bucks of diesel fuel that, you know, I know that that's how you're supposed to do it. But he didn't know. So we hired a CDL driver uh, probably three months ago and he showed up two days and then disappeared. So we've, we've struggled with it, with finding guys, but we're just now getting to where the, the guy that I'm talking about that left the dozer, he's gotten to where he can run a machinery. He's gotten, so we're, we're trying to, trying to mold him into the person. 
you know, I'm used to growing up with my dad on the farm. You get screamed and yelled at, you just need to figure it out. You know, there's tough love and he's not like that. He's just, he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's the difference between family and employees right there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely learning his kind of, uh, my wife, my wife kind of coached me. She was like, uh, you got to learn their love language, kind of their, you know, their learning language, kind of the same way in marriage therapy. How yeah, they learn. I, I learned a long time ago. I remember reading a book. It was probably, I'm going to date myself here. It was probably 2004, <laughs> 2005. Right. And I can't remember the name of the book. Otherwise I'd share it. I'll try to look for it and put it in the, in the show notes when we post this, but it basically talks about there's four types of personalities mm -hmm. and you cannot communicate to them the same way. And nor right. can you expect the same results if you do, and nor can you expect them to communicate your way. So like mm -hmm. as a leader, it is your job to learn what type of person you have so you can communicate effectively with them. And the reason I remember this book so vividly is because I had a business partner and he was like the, the alpha type a it's my way. We're only doing my ideas. And this book had a whole chapter about this type of person. And it mm. took me like 30 days of tinkering with some different ways of communicating with him until I got to yeah. the point where I could actually get him to do my ideas. Mm. But it was just me framing them in questions so that he came to the conclusion in his own mind. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I'm like, awesome. But if I would have came in and said, hey, we're going to do this way, he would have told me no just for principle. Right. Yeah. We never would have got anywhere. So like, I, I, that's the reason I remember that book so vividly is because it made such a drastic impact in my life, just in one of the four segments. And like, mm -hmm. because I didn't work with the other three, I couldn't tell you what they were. But I remember yeah. there was four personality types and each person needed to be communicated to differently. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn that, like your wife calls them love languages, because that's what they're taught in relationship classes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like personality types, right? Yeah. And then you can get really farther with those people. I think the other thing that we've been really focused on with some of the companies we're working with now is that are in your stage, we're trying to hire and grow is like, Hey, let's take another step back the same way you did with your books in the back end. Yeah. All right. I do a great job branding our company. Do I do a really good job branding our culture? Mm -hmm. Hell, do I even have my culture defined? Are our values and our mission statement is all of that defined? And are we presenting that in a way that like-minded people like me can see it, feel it, watch a video on it. it right. Is it presented in how we market our business? And then once you get that aspect finished, then you can actually change the questions in your interview process to include value-based questions that line up with your company values. Because you can get the best operator in the world, but if he wears 10-year-old Carhartt pants every day, because that's his favorite pair of pants, and you want him to look professional and clean, yeah. you two are going to butt heads. Right. It's just not being presentable and, and professional isn't in his value base. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and then you're going to be mad. Like this guy just looks terrible. I'm like, well, but he looked terrible when you hired him. Like, yeah. Wasn't a priority yeah. to him then. It's not going to be a priority to him now. So, right. finding these value based questions, which, you know, explain to me a time that you had to get dressed up and how it made you feel. And I, mm. off the top of my cuff, I, I need time to lay it out, but like mixing those into, past job experience, operator experience and all that, because then you, you're better off not hiring anybody and spending the time and the energy and the effort training them for three weeks. Yep. than you are figuring out how to do it yourself because you're more efficient that way until you find the right fit culturally with your values. Right. So that would be my recommendation for you. If we were talking about what you need to do for hiring. 
is like take a step back and look at your culture and your brand and your mission statement and are you clearly defining it and showing it i know i keep using yeah, we, him as an example but tyler in idaho he went yeah. from four to 16 employees i think 15, 14 15 16 employees he That's never insane. once did a job post <laughs> really no his his team was so bought in on what he was doing that when they were out talking to other people in the industry those people the people there's always i always say there's always one really good employee on every crew yeah and if they're not being treated really well they'll go look somewhere else to work oh yeah so tyler became the place where everybody came to look to hey i want to work with you i want to work in this scenario right. i want to work with this communication i want to work with these values so yeah he he was able to grow his business yeah our our culture man and it it's hard with with my dad and me because i am I'm ready to go, take the risk. Let's go. Let's stay up all night. Let's finish this. So we don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> and my dad's very conservative. He's very cautious. And, you know, which he he's not as involved with, with everything as, as I'd like him to be. But he definitely has that kind of overlooking mindset of like, hey, 2008, you know, I, I know how that is. And I'm like, I don't even know. You know, I just I just remember playing playing basketball in junior high in 2008. <laughs> I was in. I wasn't worried about all that. So I don't have that, that, you know, that worry or, you know, and he doesn't know the social media. So he's like, why are we, why are we buying a $1,500 drone? It's like, okay, well, why are we buying t-shirts? Why are we buying, you know, so his, his whole thing. And then we got new guys that are coming in. They're a whole different generation than I am. That's not that long ago. And you know, these high school kids that are like, you know, I want to, uh, can we work till like three? It's like, no, we can't, we can't work till three. That's, you know, we don't show up at nine and leave at three. So that's, but the culture, man, I, I've tried to, I've tried to do it and uh, I definitely need to work on it because it's, it's hard. So I would sit down, if I was you, I would sit down and, and I would start with you personally and maybe yeah. mix in a little bit of your dad too, but like you need to define your personal values mm -hmm. because if your values don't align with your business values, your business is unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. So once you define your personal values, then you can start creating like, what? hey, what are the values of this company? Like, what do we stand for? Who are we? What's important to us? Customers, right. community, employees. And then you can go from there. You take those values. You kind of create a mission statement of who you are, what you do, why you do it. And the why is mm -hmm. very important. And then you just start mixing that into your messages, into your social media posts, into your branding. Right. Yeah. And pe people just start noticing it. Yeah, we've, we've definitely... Uh... You know, I've been trying to stress, you know, it's hard to stress to a new guy. We're trying to do things that everybody else does. Everybody, there's other guys do septics. There's other guys that do mulching. But we're trying to do those simple things, those ordinary things, extraordinarily. So we want to we want to do it above and beyond what, what somebody else is going to do. Yeah. So it's it's hard to it's hard to tell them, like, what that is, you know, what the extraordinary is when they're they don't know what I'm thinking. So, right. I think a good example for you to use for that would, I gotta hate saying this even, is McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every fast food restaurant pops up thinking they're going to take a piece of the pie from McDonald's and they always end up falling on their rear. Yeah. If you take a look at McDonald's, they do three things, man. They do three things. They're fast. Because mm -hmm. that's why we go there. It's convenience and speed. Even like, I think the fries are terrible, but they're the same level of terrible. Every time I go there, it's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's consistent. And they're really good about their systems, processes, and training. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, if you look at like the fry line, I think like they've got timers built in for like that'll automatically pull the fries out because they only want them to cook for X amount of seconds. And yeah. you know, the, the soda machine, they don't push the soda anymore. It's a button and the thing predetermines how much. So like those are all systems and processes. And then the training for each little area. And it's in the franchise model of training is to to make the training so simple that you the least experienced person can do the task. Like at what level of experience? Yeah. But I mean, you can take those same principles into any business. Like, hey, we need to be consistent. We need to be this or like, what are our values? And then those are what we focus on. Like McDonald's focuses on speed, convenience, um, consistency, and their training. Yeah. And you see the Uh, outcome. Yeah, we we invested in uh, that's why we invested in the smart grade system on the deer, uh, just to have that automatic, you know, it's automatic grade control. Uh, yeah. Once they teach them to set it up, they can cut a pad in about an hour. So it's it's a really, you know, the more technology is coming out, stuff like that. We've we're chasing that because it's cheaper to buy that system than it is to spend the time to. Training a new guy that's going to leave in six months. Oh man! I, so I just did an interview with. Uh, are you familiar with the Dirt Ninja on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. So Tom, I've known Tom for years. So we did an interview. He was telling me that he probably has more invested in GPS technology than companies three to five times his size. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's just for that reason. Like, it's predictable. It's mm-hmm. easy to train. And it takes the guesswork out of a lot of things, and it makes me as a four man, five man crew five times more efficient oh for septics especially like we have we have a uh a system on our on our Kubota and it's it's stupid simple it maybe costs 10 grand but he's never ran an excavator before you know before the last three months and he's digging septic holes that have to be within within literally a half inch of gray at the bottom of the hole he's digging that right now and i'm you know i'm sitting here doing a podcast so It's that 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 technology is fantastic, but for the price, it's it can't be beat. So, oh, especially when you start getting to the level of doing fifteen a month, it pays for itself very. Quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, if you're still doing one a month or a couple here and there, it's right. hard to justify that expense. But when you you know, as you scale, yeah, I, I don't really know what I would do without <laughs> without the GPS stuff anymore. It's it's getting kind of. It's getting to where if I get in a dozer or something that doesn't have great assist or you know, the the autos on a dozer, I'm like, this is give me the autos. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to learn. I don't want to be a real operator. I guess. I just yeah. Want- yeah, and you know, and it's a catch twenty two because it is technology. So there are times that technology won't work right. Yeah. So you still have to have enough skill to do it manually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same point, let's not have so much pride that we reject the technology. Oh yeah. We think it's cheating. Like you've got to mix the two together. If it can be perfect, let's make it perfect. You know, we don't know. Yeah. What's more important, the result or your ability? I mean, yeah, exactly. Because the customer wants the result. Mm -hmm. Nice man. Um, So what, what are you planning for the next 12, 16 months? Like what's your vision now that you've got good line of sight on your finances, you've got good line of sight. On what's coming up? Like, what's your goals? Oh man, goals. We're we're trying to trim the fat right now. You know, with uh, we've definitely seen a little bit of a slowdown. I'm not. I'm actually kind of excited for a slowdown at this point because we're we're so established and we're so efficient right now that I can handle it. So I'd, I'd kind of like some of these guys that that are coming in under bid me to to fade out. Uh, 
but the uh the biggest goal is man trim trim debt trim the uh the bs you know we we have a lot of bs right now that we're trying to deal with uh just dumb expenses that like that dozer you know, just trimming that and then i'd like to hire at least two other guys to uh you know get a foreman and uh get somebody else that can operate and i want to step out of the field completely i i don't want to be you know i just want to be managing everything and that's the main goal so we'll see we'll see if that happens or not but uh yeah and do you have benchmark goals set for you to able to achieve that yeah so we're hoping by july to hire our next our next guy we've actually got him doing some training on the 28th of february so i think it's definitely doable um i've been working for the last month of getting a binder full of of training papers and and just forms for every little task like loading the trailer tying down the machine you know every little task i'm trying to get organized uh you know because we we want to double our our workload this year so that was the biggest thing this year is trying to trying to say no because i got 15 septics but i'm still getting calls right so i I need somebody else to, to start taking some of the load so yeah. And and I think it's awesome that you're going through and you're doing those little how-tos and step-by-steps for everything in the business because it, it serves two purposes, really. One, it makes your life easier and you're more efficient. Mm-hmm. The employees know what's expected of them. So there's none of that gray area, which frustrates them and makes them unhappy to be there. But yeah. more importantly, like you might have a day where somebody wants to acquire your business and the yeah. value of your business is exponentially higher because of all the systems and processes and the framework you've created for it because somebody can walk right in and start doing what you're doing tomorrow and it doesn't take six months to transition and figure out where you're at and what you're doing yeah for sure yeah that's the that's the goal get big enough to sell i'd love to i'd love to go back and start over and do it all (laughs) that's the most fun of of any of his building it mason it's addicting isn't it we're, we're not where we want to be so i'm not done yet but once we get there i'd, I'd love to start over again but that whole start why. the whole starting a <laughs> business like some people hate it and some people like deal with it and some people just love it and you and i uh, both love it's it. it's awesome yeah it's especially going from going from being under somebody's thumb to being able to make your own decisions which i'm not i'm not a everybody says be your own boss i'm definitely not my own boss i think every i've got everybody that calls me is my boss now so <laughs> I, I, I didn't get away from that but it's definitely it is addictive it is in fact we have skid steer nation so systematized mm-hmm. with our team that we have and the outsourced companies that we use to help certain areas we have so many processes written out and structures made for it that i i mean honestly and i don't like saying this in a positive light because i got bored out of my mind but like if i'm content with where we are at financially mm-hmm. I could work four, maybe five hours a week and keep yeah. the ship moving right where we're at. But then I get bored because I'm, oh, yeah. like, I'm not built <laughs> that way. Right. So, yeah. And <laughs> so that's why we started the coaching program. Like, that's why I started mm-hmm. it. Cause I'm like, this is so systematized instead of tripling that business. And then, you know, let's diversify teaching somebody how to grow a strong, solid business and be successful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the economy is. People need that. Yeah. Where with, you know, where where items and attachments like you don't need to upgrade your grader next year you can wait five years in, unless mm-hmm. it breaks but like that's more recession you know that you're going to see dips with the economy in that so to oh, me yeah. it was more important to diversify our product line 
than it was to double down on what we were currently doing. Yeah, man, I, I, you guys are my, my favorite website to go to for attachments because it's the most frustrating thing when I don't know the price and you call John Deere and you're like, how much for a grapple? And they're like, oh, let me call my dealer and uh, I'll shoot you an email back. And you don't hear back for a week. And you're like, how much is that? You should know how much this costs. So I'm like, I get on there and I'm like, oh, what? five grand. Okay. Yeah. So it's, man, it is so frustrating. These dealers that, but yeah, you guys are, you guys are awesome with that stuff. I mean, that Roadrunner road thing, that was the smoothest process getting that thing. Yeah. We try to make it as simple as possible. Again, remove the friction. Yeah. You, know, yeah. Like, you guys want to be able to see all the specs, how it works, enough mm-hmm. photos and the price. And not just yeah. the price, but like, what's the price delivered to me? That's why we do flat rate shipping. So I don't have to yeah. get a shipping quote and call you back. That's that's friction. Actually mm-hmm. costs me money every year. I should switch because I mean, a lot of the time the quotes <laughs> come in substantially higher than that was what this morning's problem was dealing with today was a reclassification of freight. Yeah. But but we wanted to make it simple for you and mm-hmm. give you all the information. And so it, it, it was like it was a mental note to make sure that we focused the descriptions of the products in an educational light and not a sales light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, if you're already uh, looking at skid steer attachments, you need something. Oh yeah. And man, uh, it's which we, we went ahead and bought it, but that, that stupid smart grade system, there is no videos. There is no training. John Deere has no, there is nothing about that, that attachment, but yet it costs $30,000. And it's like, how, how is there nothing? that I can find online that says how this works. You know, like we bought a, a box attachment for it that's in the ad, but you can never find it on John Deere's website. Wow. You know, so, and and I love John Deere, but gosh, it, it, if they're not selling a skid steer or a tractor, man, they're, they don't care. So, well, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, again, <laughs> it's, it's the economies of scale. Like yeah. they, don't, they could care less about selling an attachment. They offer them to keep you a sticky customer for, equipment for large equipment that's like cat like cat doesn't care about the single owner of a single skid steer no No. i mean if you think they do you're crazy like i mean they only they want to sell those skid steers to the massive corporations and then the mining industries and all that like they offer them to everybody but they're you are never in their meetings like how do we make the the life better of a single machine owner yeah yeah, we've taken a lot from uh, one of my favorite salesmen, and he's with John Deere. That's why we have everything. But he answers all my phone calls. He's super, super chill about price. He'll just give throw you out a ballpark. I mean, we've tried to take a lot of his stuff that he does for his sales that makes me like him and turn it over to, to septics, man. It's and it works. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, I think that's the the best experience you can give anybody in this industry is like, yeah. pick your favorite person you work with for any company. Mm-hmm. figure out what he's doing and why you like it. And then how do you implement it in your business? And we hear that all the time too. It's, it's like, well, we, we called this other company for a septic system. They, they didn't give us a quote back. They, we called them. They never came out. They never gave us a quote. And we're like, well, we will have you a quote within 24 hours. You know? So that's if, if not within the, a couple hours, you know, we're, we'll give you a ballpark figure. I'll get a, I'll send you an official quote within a couple hours. And yeah. man, that's, that's got us so far. And then you said you're using Jobber now for your estimates. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this question. The setup time on Jobber, I'm sure took a long time, but you can save all of those descriptions for 
Yeah. All so the different in systems aerobic, and the phases of that, right? Yeah. I actually have, I have it where I can go in there and I type in, type in their name, whatever. I go to an aerobic system. That's my base price. I type in what they add on and then I have optional add-ons that are just, I go down through it and I select all the aerobic category. So then it just auto-populates. Then I select what they chose and give them the option of what they can add to the quote. I have my terms, you know, my contracts on there for them to print and sign, you know. And then I have what's really neat with it is I can add the cost. So on the system, I know how much a aerobic tank costs. I can actually put my cost and then it auto-populates my margin. So when we bid a job, we actually know the cost and, and everything that's going to be for for each job, it's it's pretty. It's a really intuitive software. Well, and and I think what it's it's intuitive, but let's not forget you took the time to thoroughly right, yeah. set it up. Yeah, it's 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 just a tool. I mean, it's how you use it for sure. Yeah, and and this goes back to this thing that I mean, I preach it. I probably every episode of this thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I can spend four hours doing a task today that will save me an hour a week for as long as I own this business, yeah. where do you sign me up? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had to build every one of those estimates from scratch, how many hours a week would you be spending building estimates? Oh, that's that's the thing is it takes me 10 minutes to do an estimate. Right. But how now, long did it take you before but Jabber? It it would I would sit down and the hardest thing to do is is to be like, okay, uh, aerobic system. Okay, it's gonna be seven grand, but how do I break this down? And then how do I add, you know, going through and being like, okay, I'm gonna it's gonna be a compacted whole, and then how do I reword that to make it you know, just doing all that is it takes forever and it's it's annoying. So getting rid yeah, of it. Yeah, but I mean but on it, average, how long did an estimate take you before you switched software? At least at least an hour. So an hour. So you're yeah. saving fifty minutes per estimate. Oh it for sure. Yeah. So fifty minutes per estimate. You're doing fifteen of these this month. Yeah. Now I'm not a mathematician, but that's gonna come out to probably twelve or thirteen hours mm-hmm. of free time that you've freed up. Yep. Because you took a little bit of time up front to build out the products in Jobber. Yep. yep. Like that is that is the epitome of smart time management. Yeah. And once you get it, once you get all that, you know, figured out and and put in there, you can do it from your phone because now it's just plug and play. So yep. I'm sitting there with the client. We just pull up the iPad here. Look at this. You know, what do you want on here? And yeah. So a lot of the guys we've been talking to lately, they've been using Joyce, but it's the same thing. It's an app-based yeah. estimating software. You can add images. You can do all this. You can save products. To oh, yeah, yeah. You can, and you can do it from, from an Excel. I mean, there's, there's all it is, is, is just taking the time to get it somewhere. But I think, the, I think, I think finding an outside company like Jobber or Joyce is a smart decision Yeah, because it's flexible. It has an app. You're able to build it on the site. But you can't yeah. do that with an Excel. Like, I, I can't build right, an Excel right, spreadsheet yeah. on my computer, let alone on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it's got the professional template, the professional layout that once you set it and you get your image in the way you like it, it's done. Like, yeah, I remember so many guys are like, well, I send QuickBook estimates. I'm like, you ever sent yourself one? And they're like, no. And I'm like, send one to you right now. And they do it. They go, oh, my God, this is what it looks like. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, this is why you're not winning work. Like, it's yeah, it's not designed to be an estimating software. Right. And it's nice because with the uh, we've kind of figured out if somebody's not willing to pay a deposit, they're probably not going to pay us. Mm-hmm. So being able to be like, here's we need twenty five percent up front. Here's and in the in the quote, once you accept it, it says pay you know pay the uh, deposit. 
So it's right there and they can just pay with their card. It's done. It's over. They paid it. You know, so now we, you know, we don't have to worry about getting collecting a deposit or collecting checks. You know, 90% of people pay through Jabra. So do you do, do you do deposit up front and final payment at completion or do you have a payment in the middle there based on progress of work also? It, it depends on the job. Uh, with septics, we do 25%, 25 or 25% up front and then the rest at the end because they only take about a day to install. So, but if it's, if it's mulching, um, we do 50% up front. I don't really know, I don't have any justification for it, but mulching is kind of one of the things I can't, uh, septic, I can kind of take back some stuff where I can put a lien on a house with, with mulching. It's if you don't pay me, I can't unmulch your trees. So, so we no, and you're right. And I, and we, again, back to dirt ninja, like he has benchmark payments because he works with a lot of large companies. Yeah. Like if we're, if we're digging out the site for a new building, once that's dug, that's phase one, you're paying me for phase one and his estimates are built out. Right. With a total price, but each project phase is broken out individually so he can bill. We don't do enough like uh, long drawn out projects that yeah. are going to be, you know, so if it, if it's over 10 grand, we do. Um, and we'll do, we'll do, like you said, um, but most of the time, most of the time the builders will have contracts that they send us. So, you know, they have a contract for this a contract for that. So we don't start a new job until we finish contract one and, and so on. So that works pretty good. But Nice, man. Yeah. Nice. Well, Mason, this has been Great conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. One last question to leave you with. Yeah. What would you tell Mason of 2019 with the knowledge you have today? Oh man, I'd I'd tell him a lot. Try not <laughs> stuff that I should say on here, but the uh, <laughs> the biggest thing would be just when you get advice, when you watch YouTube videos on how to grow a business, uh when you talk when I talk to you. The biggest thing that I regret is not doing what somebody told me to do. You know, when we did our coaching calls, you tell me exactly how to grow my business. And it took me two years to to actually do every step that we talked about in that first week. So if I could go back, I'd be like, just listen to what people say. Don't try to be like, I can't do it right now. Just do it. Do what people say. I think that's great advice. And I just want to add one little caveat on top of that. Make sure the people you're listening to. Yes, have yeah. been where you want to go. <laughs> yes, I've I've definitely seen that that go go wrong with a few. But but if you get yeah. if you get a mentor or a business coach and somebody who can, like he's got tried and true experience in what you're trying to develop and grow. Yeah, yeah. Be open, man. Be open because you mm. don't know what you don't know, and this guy's trying to teach you. Well, that our name. I remember uh, when you when you uh, were like, maybe we should add Anseptic, K and M Anseptic, to the name. I was like. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I, I remember I, I said, well, let me think about it. I immediately was like, why am I even arguing with this guy? So I called you back. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Put it on the website. Let's go. Because so I'm just like, I'm I'm not a business coach. Why why am I trying to decide how this is gonna go? Like and I think just... for a little I think for a little backstory in that, like you and I had a very long conversation about where you're at today, yeah. the services you want to focus on and where you want to be in two years from mm-hmm. now. And Every step of that conversation was septic systems, septic systems. I'm getting this yeah. test. We're doing this. It's septic systems. I want to do a lot of septic systems. And then you're like, yeah, we're K&M excavation. And I'm like, and septic? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> why, why are we going to make a customer who sees you on Google or sees this or something assume mm-hmm. that you do septics? Like, let's just tell them. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that's man. There's so many things I wish I could just go back and just have done months ago. <laughs> it would have made my life so much easier. But that's yeah. Well, you're on the right track now. And and the, the beautiful thing about where you're at, mm-hmm. you've learned those lessons and they're not sh- quickly forgotten. So, yeah. so phase one was a little bit longer than you wanted it to be, but because of the mm-hmm. experience, the knowledge, your life work in it, phase two to phase three is going to happen a lot faster. Oh yeah. It's going to make those same mistakes. It's been awesome. Last couple of months have been, and that's what we've done the last couple of months is I've, I've literally, I write on everything. I'm like, listen, just listen to what they just do it. Like, stop. I, I get my, my own way. Cause I think, why would I do it like that? That's a, but I'm, I just got to stop and just listen, just do it. You know, yeah. that's, and that was the technology on the skid steer, man. We, we listen to everybody that we listen to that uh, dirt talk podcast and every, every guy is like GPS changed my life. And then we're like, no, nah, it probably won't. It's too much money. Then we did it. And we're like, yeah, yeah. That changes. That changes everything. So. <laughs> changes it all. I mean, yeah. You're going to pay for that system in diesel fuel savings alone at some oh, yeah. point, whether it's a year, year and a half, two years, like if the, the efficiency and speed that you get these projects done now means the machine's mm-hmm. running less hours, just your yep. maintenance, oil, grease, and fuel will pay for that machine at some point. It'll break itself even. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's awesome, tough, man. Don't be a young guy trying to, trying to listen. That's a, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, well, man, thanks so much again for coming on the show today. Um, we, you and I talk fairly regularly and I always enjoy every one of our conversations. It, it puts a smile on my face whenever I see your progress, whether it's from our conversations or just seeing you on Facebook. Um, yeah. If you guys want to keep up with, with Mason, it's kmexcavationandseptic.com or just go to Facebook and look up KM Excavation and Septic. Um, He's really getting good with his photos. He's starting to implement the drone. And he's somebody, if you're new beginning out, that you should be able to follow and and learn a little bit about what he's doing and see why it works and how it works for him and then implement it into your own business. So, Mason, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right, guys, you have just listened to another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. And while we talked about finding mentors, finding someone who knows where you want to go and has been there and taking their advice. It's a perfect time to remind you that Skid Steer Nation now offers a program called Groundbreaking Growth. Just go to www.groundbreakinggrowth.com and you can see what we do and what we offer. We help you build an actual business that is no longer just an expensive job. So if you're working for hourly rates, you have a job. If you want to grow a business and you're not sure how to get there, go to groundbreakinggrowth.com, take a look around, schedule a call. You and I will have a conversation to see if we're a good fit and we can help you out and help you scale your business the same way Mason went from $3,000 a month to now doing over $60,000 a month in less than two years. So until the next episode.